Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office Equipment Solutions North America wide? Yeah, Digitex does that. D I G I T E X dot C A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. This text comes to us on our Ashley Fine Floors text line from OK in Cali. And he says, dude, you still can't get Bush in. Wave the wand. Well, far beyond my depth, that I can tell you. All right, welcome back, everybody. Bob Stauffer with you, along with Brendan Escott. It's 1233 at Edmonton. And we are uh, going to go momentarily uh, to our NHL insider, John Shannon. But not before I tell you that some guests and owners now receive gift certificates to Roos Chris Steakhouse. Whether you're celebrating a special moment or simply savoring a night on the town, every meal's an occasion at Roos Chris Steakhouse. And we'd like to welcome Roos Chris back for its 10th consecutive season on Oilers Now and its 12th consecutive season on Oilers Lunch slash Oilers Now. Love it. Welcome back, Brendan and the gang. Off to our NHL insider, John Shannon, for our friends at Legacy Heating and Cooling with no overtime rates on their 24-7 service repairs. That's how you build a legacy. Legacy Heating and Cooling. And John Shannon has had a legacy of hitting up Roos Chris. Well, not hitting up, but showing up at Roos Chris. Uh, we've had the occasional post-game summit there, as I recall. John, how you doing? I must admit, I do miss uh, saddling up and uh, having a glass of wine and a nice big steak right at the bar there. And you never know who's going to be there, do you, John? No, you, no, you never do. I mean, I'll tell you what, uh, one of the last times I, looked, I was there, I, I, I sat down and with all my friends. That means I was alone. Um, and uh, turned and looked, and uh, who was sitting there about uh, six seats away but Brett Burns. So, uh, And he was with his friends, too, so... There, there, there you have it. And, and I know, I, just remember, John, you have one more friend than me. Uh, <laughs> oh, Bob, don't say that. Come I feel on. Like, I, I'm the least popular uh, individual in my own house. And we have a dog and three cats and two kids and calves. So you know uh, you know where I stand there. I, that's, uh, I understand. You totally understand. All right. Uh, not the start Edmonton uh, was looking for. Um Part of it to me, John, I mean, the team played four games in 300 days. They got three games in four games. It's not an excuse, but and the Canadians are a deep team. I have Montreal as one of the top three teams in the in the Canadian division this year. Give me your assessment on what we've seen out of the Otis through three games. 
Well, I think the you know the inconsistency is a little frustrating. Thursday night, I think that every Oiler fan sat there and said, "Yeah, this is the team that we thought we would have all the time." And um, you know, every team is who, who didn't have any preseason. All 31 are going to say, if they got off to a great start, who needs preseason? And the other uh, the other ones that are going to say, "Well, I really missed the preseason." And obviously, Dave Tippett, I think, would be in the latter at this point. Um, you know, and I. I, th- I I think that the issues about what Montreal did on Saturday night, uh, how to keep Leon and Connor uh, off the board quite effectively, uh, to me was uh, uh, was pretty important. And uh, that's something that, uh, based on what we saw in Games 1 and 2 versus Vancouver, I fully expect that Leon and Connor will fight through it tonight and wouldn't be surprised if we see the exact same thing we saw in the second game against that team uh, last week. So... I would not be surprised to see them two and two after tonight. John, it's interesting. I was just thinking, you know, the Oilers won one game in the playoff uh, play-in series, and then they've won one of three games so far this year. So in their two wins, McDavid has had a hat trick. If they're going to yeah. need a hat, if they're going to need a hat trick out of every game that they play where there's no fans there, uh, this is going to be a very challenging season for the Oilers. So I'm, I'm having a little bit of fun with you. Uh, you mentioned something though, McDavid and Drysaddle held in check. They got to have some support too. I mean, RNH has had multiple opportunities. I'm sure he's not happy with his performance in Game One and Game Three. Just a thought on on the support staff around. Yeah, I think you'd agree Yamamoto's played well, but are you a little concerned about maybe some of the other guys up front? And then we'll get to the the defense. Well, I, I think that when when the season started, I think that the the, the operative word for every team in the league was depth. Uh, and I think every manager was out there trying to improve the depth, and that's what Ken Holland was trying to do too. That's why Kyle Turris is here to improve that depth, and and uh, that's with new bodies. That's not going to happen. Uh, that's not going to happen every you know every game and and right off the start. So uh, I, I actually do like Turris and Puljujarvi together. Uh, you know what I've been told is is that Turris has been good for Puljujarvi. There's, there's somebody that uh, that yes, it can lean on a little bit, which is a, a positive. Um, and then you know I mean you know the, Archibald's been rotated on how many lines now. Um, so I, I think that once everybody gets into a groove and and the difficult thing is when you don't win you don't get in a groove um and it's a it's almost a chicken and an egg thing until the experimentation stops then and you feel comfortable with it so depth depth to me is the magic number i mean we i I think that bob you saw it saturday night i think you had to be really impressed with montreal's depth absolutely i mean i'll tell you what that the guy that the guy that kept jumping out at me was that jake evans oh my goodness gracious um and here's a guy that you know was not too long ago in the east coast hockey league um and so you never know where you're going to find somebody that can contribute and that's what has to happen when you uh, w- when you work uh, over a long period of time to try to improve your depth and i think that's something uh, kenny's going to have to do uh here's the good news slater cuckoo has looked good on defense for edmonton here's the yep. bad news in two of the three games slater cuckoo has been the best defenseman for the edmonton orders that means uh, you know like the orders need nurse to be a horse in the back end right now larson needs to be steadier tonight both jones and bear ethan bear jim matheson just pointed out on twitter ethan bear uh was one of three orders last year along with darnell and uh, leon dry had played all 71 games yeah well he's, he's not playing tonight so right he 
he's not playing tonight. Uh, your your thoughts on what we've seen out of the Oilers D, and was maybe some of this a little bit predictable? Uh, again, uh, there's enough turnover. Yeah, I mean, I thought you're right. I think Slater has been really good for this hockey club and done a good job. Darnell does need to be better. Uh, you know, Adam Larson needs to be better. I saw some signs, particularly in the power play, of Tyson Berry being better. So I mean, there, there's enough there for some hope. Um, but you know, you know what? And one of the reasons I think that uh, the, the, some of the lineup changes are occurring above and beyond nicks and scratches is that Montreal is a lot bigger up front than I think people realize. And I think that there needs to be some physical nature there. I mean, Josh Anderson was was darn good on Saturday night as well. And I think that that's something that uh, has to be addressed with with the, the, the blue line and the three, three pairs that the Oilers are going to put out there. Uh, you and me are from a little bit different generation and era than some of the younger listeners to our show. Uh, <laughs> you think? I grew up, you know, we used to play St. Albert, and they had Viveros and Todd Carnelli. Those guys were really good junior players. And then they had Todd Ewan, who yep. was like six foot one at 12. And knocked, for the listeners that don't know, Todd Ewan is the only guy I can think of that when Bob Probert was in his prime, he knocked them the blank out in a fight. That, like, he's the only guy to ever do that. The point I, I just, and it's, I'm not talking fighting toughness, but I'm talking intimidation was part of the game. They went, they targeted Dreisaitl from the opening shift. Like there was stuff happening behind the play where Dreisaitl was getting picked and angled off. And it reminded me of James Neal, John, twice last year. Once again, Washington at home. Washington was up 3-1 and Neal followed Tom Wilson into the national bench and buried him from behind. Yep. And then, and then had an exchange with, and the, like the Capitals were in shock that that happened. And then when the Oilers went into Toronto last year, you remember, first shift of the game, he pitched for John Travor, uh, Tavares, angled him off, got a stick, leveraged him into the boards, and popped him right in front of the Toronto bench and stared down their bench after, because they didn't have anybody. Well, guess what? It was the Canadians, like, at, even late in the game, uh, Edmondson was working dry sidle over. They have a big team. He, uh, they weren't big before. They got boxed out by the Flyers. John, they're big on defense. They sure got are. some more size up front. They're going to be a handful. Oh, no, there's no question. I mean, Mark Bergevin's plan uh, was to get bigger and faster, and he accomplished a lot of that. Uh, and I and there's a good chance he may not be finished uh, in, in doing that. Um, you know, the, 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 question, the question everybody had about Montreal was, were they any good down the middle? Well, I mean, I don't think there was any question their centers, their four centers did a good job on Saturday night as they well. Did. And when you think when you think about uh, Weber and um, uh, and and Petrie and Edmund, on the right side, and, and, no, but uh, Jeff Petrie is you know the, that's not the Jeff Petrie that played in Edmonton. I can assure you that there's something right. that's happened in in his play at Edmonton. He's playing you know Jeff Petrie was always six foot three, but he never played six foot three in Edmonton. I mean, he's playing six foot three now. Uh, and when you look at uh, what Edmondson's done to that with the wingspan that he's got. Uh, and then Shea Sherratt Weber and Ben Sherratt. That's right. Yep. I mean, all of a sudden, they're a massive, massive blue line, which makes it easy, easier to uh, to keep McDavid and and uh, and, and uh, Leon to the outside. And that's what they did on Saturday night. So that's it's going to have to be a fight through the night. You know, I mean, we're, we might have to have another tweet from Jeff Jackson tonight to keep things uh, honest, because uh, I suspect that uh, Connor's going to have to go to the dirty areas. Leon's going to have to go to the dirty 
areas, and they better hope the referees call it. Well, and Cassian's going to have to get in and plant some guys on the forecheck and get activated. He got a four-year contract extension. He's got to, I mean, he obviously, hey, family comes first. We all get that. Congratulations, Sam. They missed Zach Cassian on Saturday night, didn't they? Yes, they did. Yeah, they did. They, they missed. They certainly missed his size. And, and I mean, a guy like Alex Chason's got to do it, too. He's, he's, you know, whether it's power play time or that limited fourth line time, he's Alex Chason's got to go to that area around the goaltender. And, I mean, we heck, we've had this conversation now for nine or ten minutes, Bob, and we haven't mentioned Kerry Price. And how good was he Saturday night? Well, for five minutes in the second period when it was one nothing, Price was really good. Let's not forget the Oilers started period two in the power play. We're joined right now by John Shannon for Legacy Heating and Cooling. John, one of the smallest players for Edmonton has been their most competitive forward through the first three games. They're consistently best forward. I mean, he had 27 games played last year. He got 26 points, went plus 17. Got Had a couple tough moments in the playoffs, got a couple extra penalties. First three games here this year, he's right in there battling again. I mean, he's not as thick as Gallagher, but he's every bit as competitive as Gallagher. Just your thoughts on what we're seeing out of Yamamoto. Oh, I, well, he's... He has continued what he did in the regular season last year and, and from, from New Year's Day on. I mean, that's, that's been a good story for the Edmonton Oilers. But as much as that's the case, I mean, even talking internally in the organization, everybody admits is that if, if, if that's the case and Yamamoto is the most physical forward you got, you've got a problem. Uh, and and what he ha- what he can do for this organization, uh, in addition to a couple of scoring a couple of goals, which he's done, is is lead by example. And and there are some veteran players that should be looking down the uh, looking down the, the bench and saying, I can play like that. I can do that. Particularly in the offensive zone, particularly on the forecheck. I mean, he's been he he has been a good story for this organization. Um, and it and and if if you have two more guys do that, it'll alleviate so much away from what uh, McDavid and Dry title do and can do and i mean i i think it i think it also helps with cahoon on the other side too i think that that will allow free cahoon up a little bit so that to me is when you have have that line playing well and then connor can get something going on the first line then this is a much different team and a bigger personality for the for the organization now ryan nugent score nugent hopkins scored a couple goals the first one he's in the right spot both goals right like he's in front of the net but one was on the power play open look empty net after a puck at the post the other one was on a play that yamamoto set up but he missed some opportunities against vancouver game one game three against uh against montreal, uh, montreal. montreal. in the yeah. you know you know he's the, the, he's got a year left in his deal at ufa this is an important year for him do you think any of that's phased him at all no no i don't no i don't uh you know this is this is where you take the step back and you say hey we're three games in. Yeah, we're, we're okay. three games in. You know, um, I, I and you know this, Bob. I have been as critical as anybody of Ryan Nugent Hopkins as anybody out there, uh, and have wondered, you know, what his future is with this organization. But there's no question that they they want him to be part of the future under the right terms. Um, but at the same time, and Ryan, when Ryan gets hot, he gets hot. When he get when when he gets yeah. goes into a bit of a drought, he goes into a bit of a drought. Uh, here's the, here's the other thing that will happen. You know, all of a sudden, Vancouver's a rival. We know Vancouver's a rival. We see Vancouver all the time. Montreal isn't necessarily a rival because you see them twice a year. Well, that's that's going to change. Um, and so tonight we're going to get a better a better measure of that, knowing full well you're going to see them nine times. 
And that, to me, that that's the measure. I mean, don't worry about one game. Worry about when it's sure. five. That, to me, is another big part. That's why the Oilers have to be so much better tonight. And, and, and I mean, when it comes – by the way, you talk about the meanness and the toughness. Claude Julian, there's no question that Claude Julian knows exactly how to do that. You know, when you think Dom Ducharme and Kirk Muller, what they're doing, I, I, I think that coaching staff knows exactly what they have to do in order to be competitive against the Oilers forward. Yeah, for our listeners that are unaware, uh, Dom Ducharme, in, in terms of the, the media personalities out of Quebec, they think he is the biggest rising star of any sort of guy that's at an assistant coach. He and Joel level. Bouchard. I mean, yeah. the Canadians were smart. They went the uh, last few years, again, give Bergeron credit, uh, there were some quality people outside of Canadians' organization that were making a mark in junior hockey and in, in minor pro hockey, and Joel Bouchard was one, and Dom Ducharme was the other, and they now both work for the Montreal Canadiens. Yeah, just, uh, you know, and I've had a texter point out, Bob, just on R&H, I mean, it took him a while to get going last year. 20, yeah. po- 20 points in his first 35 games, 41 points in his final 30. The only thing this year, not as much runway, but he's in a better position because he's playing left wing with McDavid. He was in center last year. Also, he had a wrist injury for the first half of the season. Well, and the other, the other thing is is that you know this 56 game schedule uh, you, you can't take a night off. I'm sorry, you can't. Yeah. When you're playing when you're only playing seven other teams, you can't take a night off. You just can't. And yep. and in an 82 game schedule when you could you could you know you're playing the Carolina Hurricanes and you're playing the Florida Panthers uh, on on road trips um, that's a different animal. The, you know, the whole cliche of the four-point game, and now every every game is a four-point game. That's why these games are more important. It's a, it, to me, it's it, it's as much mental as it is physical. John, we could have a collateral musical chairs take place here, uh, and I'll I'll very quickly surmise it here. So, Corey Crawford retires. Uh, Comrie and Forsberg get placed on waivers. Carolina wants to cover their proverbial butt and send Najelkovich down, uh, so they claim Forsberg from. Edmonton. Winnipeg loses Comrie to New Jersey. Uh, now New Jersey has claimed Aaron Dell, which my guess is in about five or six days, well, probably six days, I guess, you might see Comrie get placed back on waivers. Winnipeg, by the way, after Carolina put Forsberg back on waivers, they took Forsberg. Does Winnipeg claim Comrie back? Did they need to think about this a little bit differently with the goal just because of the uniqueness and maybe learn from the NFL and what happened with Denver with the quarterback position and say, you know what, everybody's third goalie that doesn't have to like if you got a third or is that just the way it works you tell me that's a really that's a great question uh, i i think that there's some I, i'm sure there's managers gnawing their teeth right now at the the rules that have been put in place uh for all of this and and that you know, and I, I would suspect that, uh, and I don't think the league really cares, to be honest, but uh, I, I do think that the managers uh, will have said, hey, the rules are a little more difficult. The, the biggest problem was, Bob, before the season started and the rules were put in place and the, and the union and the league agreed to it, not everybody had a, had a quality third goalie. Not everybody did. So how, how do you, how do you allow how do you allow twenty teams to have have a, a good third goalie and eleven not? And so that that became a bigger question. So in many ways, and I know it's hard on the Oilers right now. Um, it, 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 I think the league was trying to create a level playing field for the goaltending, uh, you know, carousel, and obviously they have done that. The other thing is, is right now is is everybody knows the waivers are. The waivers are in place in order of reverse finish from last year. Right. And that will change. 
And yeah, but that I see, will change. Yeah, see, and I don't think a team should be able to twice benefit, positionally speaking, from that. So New Jersey's benefited, and here's the other thing. You talk about everything being fair and the same. Yes, in a yeah. perfect world. But the problem is we have different rules entering Canada and the United States. And yep. so that, that, to me, that needed to be factored in. I don't no, know. no, you're not wrong. You're, yeah. you're not wrong. So, all right. Uh, anything else? Uh, just, I mean, uh, today uh, we opened up today with uh, Pride in the Name of Love celebrating MLK Day, Willie O'Ree. Do we see a day where Willie O'Ree gets enshrined in the Hockey Hall of Fame? He's already in, Bob. As a player? In two years. Two years as, ago. A bil- as a builder, yes. Yeah, right. he went in as a builder. Yeah, as a builder. Yeah. You know, I, I, you know, it, the the absolute coincidence, and it was a pure coincidence. Here we are. What is it? Uh, Fifty nine years ago. I mean, he he got he played his first game on the on the same day that became Martin Luther King Day. That's unbelievable, isn't it? It is. It's absolutely unbelievable. You know, and, and here's I have a bias with Willie because I, I I grew up. Uh, listening to the old Western League, the old Pro League that the Flyers used to be part of, the Edmonton Flyers. Yes. But, uh, and and Willie was a star in San Diego. Bud yeah. Poyle. But but Willie, Willie was a star for years and years and years in San Diego. Uh, you know, his contributions to, to minor pro hockey are, are close to being on the same level as Guile Fielder. Uh, that's how good he was as a, as a hockey player. He, was, he, was he a great NHLer? No, he wasn't. But I'll tell you what, he was a quality, quality pro hockey player. Guile Fielder was pretty good that old league, eh? Oh, he sure was. Oh, 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 boy, he sure was. I lied. Mark Messier's 60th birthday today. Other than Vancouver, uh, it's <laughs> remarkable. I put a tweet out. I get two guys, hey, was that great of a leader? I'm like, well, have you ever won anything in Vancouver? I mean, I love the Sedins, but no, I'm just kidding. Uh, anyhow, Mark Messier. I mean, come on. The guy's a legend, right? The guy is a legend. Uh, I, you know, I, I, I will tell you right now, um, uh, I was one of those guys that uh, I looked at when somebody told me this morning, actually it was your tweet that said Mark Messier 60. I mean, I remember when he was a teenager and playing, coming out of the WHA and playing in Cincinnati um, and and then contributing and, and Glenn Sather's patience with him uh, in those first two years. And we would be all over Glenn saying, why, what, do you, why, what is this with Messier? You love Messier. He says, just you wait. Just you wait. And that's when Glenn would turn around in year three with that Cheshire cat grin and say, see, I told you so. Boy, Mark was good. Always Nobody like him. Nobody like him. Always bet on talent, John. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what. The thing I loved more than anything being close to the hockey club then was the competition, the internal competition between Wayne and Mark. And it made the whole organization better. It was fantastic. The, the tempo and pace of their practices, by the way, you should have seen the Canadians practice on Friday. Oh, 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 oh. oh I know. Wow. Oh, 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 man. It was wow. All right. Awesome stuff, John. Thanks for your time. Okay, Bob. Bye-bye. See you later. That's John Shannon, our NHL insider again for Legacy Heating and Cooling. We are going to head off to the orders now. Injury report brought to you by James H. Brown Injury Lawyers. When accidents happen, go to jameshbrown.com. And we got some somewhat official news uh, on Mike Smith and back in the 630 Chet Studios, Brendan Escott. 
Yeah, he is uh, out for the next uh, 11 games confirmed. Uh, 10 is the bare minimum for the long-term injury reserve where he was placed and the team did commit to 12 prior to the weekend's game. So 11 more games without Mike Smith there. Uh, other than saying it's not too serious, Bob, they didn't really uh, reveal a whole lot on that front. James Neal, Gaetan Haas, if you missed the top of the show, were both removed from the Oilers' COVID list. Neither ready for tonight, although both are expected to be on the plane when they fly out to uh, Toronto later this week. Flyers forward Sean Couturier will miss a minimum of two weeks with a rib separation. The reigning Selkie Trophy winner crunched by Jared McCann over the weekend. Maple Leafs rookie Nick Robertson he'll miss around four weeks after suffering a knee injury in his regular season debut uh, against Ottawa. And Islanders head coach Barry Trott says that goaltender Semyon Varlamov is available tonight for their game against Boston. He took a puck near the throat in warm-ups on Saturday Saturday ended up scratched from that start. All right, let's go to our North Division report brought to you three times weekly by Craig Hummel at Remax Excellence, finding your dream home, listing your home, your old home. It starts at soultodayedmonton.ca. List it, sell it, move on. Montreal Canadiens lineup, we expect it to be the same. Uh, Philip Deneau was stellar uh, in this face-off circle, critical draws, especially on PK. He'll be with Tomas Tatar, who sniped a couple the other night. Brendan Gallagher, Nick Suzuki, Canadiens fans are huge on with Jonathan Drouin, a two-time 50-point man. You heard John Shannon talking about Josh Anderson. He was bringing the heat, that size and speed. Jesperi Kotkaniemi, uh, with uh, Tyler Toffoli and Joel uh, Armia. Uh, just look at Armia, just for fun, and then pull up Yesa Pogliarvi. Just just for fun. Can Pogliarvi be at least a Armia-esque player? Jake Evans with uh, Arturi Lekkonen scored 52 goals over the last four seasons. Paul Byron had a couple 20-goal campaigns. They're in the Canadiens' fourth line. The top four was Charette or Sherratt and Weber, and Joel Edmondson with Jeff Petrie. I thought Edmondson had a strong game against the Oilers. And uh, Romanov, man, he can skate. And he's got a, some physicality to his game. I remember a player I, I saw play uh, about, uh, I don't know, more than 35 years ago now. Uh, Lionel Williams with the Medicine Hat Tigers one time. And uh, the kind of same physical stature. Lionel, unfortunately, got a puck in the eye and it derailed his career. Uh, but Romanov, spe- special, special player, really fast and aggressive player. Jake Allen starts in goal. That is our North Division report for Craig Hummel at REMAX Excellence. Excellence. Off to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell back with Darcy McLeod, a.k.a. Wood Guy. We're going to get into it on some hockey analytics when we return on Oilers Now. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.